What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 269 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to talk about our results from week 12 in the NFL, as well as some interesting stats and storylines. Joey, incredible week. I mean, honestly, arguably the greatest value running back slate. In the history of DraftKings, certainly the best value running back slate of the season. Jeff Wilson Jr., 5,900. Rashad White, 5,100. Latavius, 5K flat. P. Ryan, 5.6. As if that wasn't enough. Sunday morning, the Jets rule out James Robinson, healthy scratch. Michael Carter is 5,400 in a home game against an abysmal Bears rush defense against a team that can't name their starting quarterback until one minute before lock right? Sounds like a smash spot. None of these guys break 20 points. All right. None of these guys make it into the (laughs) top six fantasy scorers at the running back position on the main slate. Cherry on top. Seahawks Raiders game goes into OT. Josh Jacobs, who already had 217 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, gets a handoff at the Raiders 14 yard line. 86 yard touchdown. Jammed down our collective throats. Becomes one of only 11 players to have a 300 yard game in the history of the league. 3.5% owned in the Millie Maker, 0.0% owned in my best ball portfolio, GG, shout out to me, seasons chalked, 51.3 points on DraftKings. We thought it was cheap running back week, Joey, but it was Josh Jacobs week all along. Yeah, I mean, he went absolutely nuclear for sure. Guess in hindsight, it's probably bad. Didn't consider Josh Jacobs more for tournaments, especially with a lot of chalk pieces in that game. Uh, Devontae Adams on the Raiders was a little bit chalky. Kenneth Walker was a little bit chalky in that same range. Uh, very chalky, actually. So probably bad in hindsight to not consider Josh Jacobs, but he, he's been he's been uh, going off this season and you know, he's, he's playing like Barry Sanders in his prime in, in, a, in a contract year. So Yeah, he is going to get way overpaid by somebody next year. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait to see who does it. Man, yeah. So, you know, I had no Jacobs, and I had a ton of Wilson and a ton of Carter late on DraftKings in terms of tournament teams, so that was a fat L. Also took a nice, nice juicy L in cash games. No Garrett Wilson, no T. Higgins. And, I mean, that's on me, you know. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. I was really set on the Patrick Mahomes build, which was not optimal. I I tried to, you know, get away from the projections, thought that I knew better, and it turns out that I did not. I think the one (laughs) issue with the lineup that I ran that I have was the pay up to Patrick Mahomes. I got really, you know, tunnel vision on that play. I thought it was worth paying up for. I was disregarding the blowout risk. I had this Kansas City versus Jets game a few years back stuck in my head, thought that he would blow through this team, no problem you know, even as massive favorites did not end up going that way. I don't feel bad about the Garrett Wilson fade. I really do think that he hit a wild ceiling in a rain game, catching passes from Mike White. Uh, One of the Bears defenders like blew his Achilles out on, on a play that Wilson went for a 50 plus yard touchdown. I mean, I feel good about that fade personally, but you know, other than that, not getting Higgins in paying up to Mahomes over Geno Smith, you know, L's that, that I have to take accountability for without a doubt and got completely scraped in cash. I won like two out of my 60 head-to-heads, didn't cash in any double-ups, tough week. Yeah, so, you know, I, I thought I thought I was going to have to come on here and, and debate you about, about why some of the players you played were wrong. But I'm glad you uh, changed your mind and realized that you made some very suboptimal plays, some plays that, you know, over this entire season you haven't made. 
So I guess one week, you know, you do it, it's fine. You just got to accept it and move on. My lineup ended up finishing with 156 points, cashed easily in double-ups. My lineup was Geno Smith, Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, Hayden Hurst, Chiefs defense. So I went four wide receivers over three running backs, which I can say was probably bad in hindsight, but I just wasn't playing Latavius ever, and that ended up working out. He finishes with 10 points. Samaje P. Ryan I thought was a good play, and I could have went P. Ryan over Lockett. P. Ryan was 600 cheaper than Lockett, so I would have had, you know, salary remaining, and I don't know what lineup uh, that would have brought me on, and I felt comfortable just keeping the 600 and playing Tyler Lockett, who was projected as a positive value, and he correlated with Geno Smith in the best game environment on the slate, so felt comfortable playing Lockett. He only ends up coming in at 7% owned on the slate, so still feel good about that, but in hindsight, probably bad that I didn't play three running backs, but I just didn't really like the projections loved those 5k running backs but personally I thought it was okay to get away from P Ryan and Latavius and with Michael Carter I mean obviously kind of run bad with him getting hurt prior to injury like he was still part of a committee on this Jets team that obviously comes out passes way over expectation nobody saw that coming but I was still comfortable fading Michael Carter as well I mean this Jets team they literally just do so much I don't want to say dumb because they've been winning but they they do a lot of dumb shit in terms of the rotations of the players and Michael Carter comes out splits time with two other running backs gets hurt bus and then and there was just like a lot of assumption in his projection probably not optimal like we all read into it as James Robinson is inactive so here comes Michael Carter smash week full workhorse workload week but you know, even prior to the injury, it looked like Zonovan Knight, who I've never even heard of in my life, was, you know, out touching him and out producing him, you know, ended up having a pretty decent game, obviously boosted because Carter left early. But yeah, definitely kind of like a quick reaction to some late news. I am right on board with you that I think Latavius and Pirine were fine fades. I kind of was looking at Kenneth Walker as more of a must play. I, I originally got up to him, ended up making some swaps in my cash team to get off of him and on to Adams once I was down without, uh, you know, 35% T Higgins and 25% Garrett Wilson in cash. And to your point, man, I don't know. I I just feel like it's wild to me that the train lineup, you know, the most popular lineups on DraftKings and cash were four wide receivers this week. Like, I don't know. That just is a little bit crazy to me. But yeah, I mean, I can see why, because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was projecting really well. And, you know, the 6K wide receivers were also projecting good as well. Chris Godwin, was projecting for 16.1 points. Tyler Lockett projected for 15.3. T. Higgins was projected like as the best play on the slate. I thought he was a must, um, and I thought it was kind of bad that you didn't play T. Higgins or Geno Smith, two of the best plays you know, on the slate. And then you had Tyreek Hill and, and Devontae Adams also projecting as relatively good values. So I thought it was okay, but like I said, in hindsight, definitely probably suboptimal playing four wide receiver over three running back. And the train lineup ended up finishing with like 140. 46 points and it ended up cashing which had the Devonte adams d hop keenan allen and i think it, i think it was garrett wilson build no higgins in the train uh no no higgins mm. so i think that ended up being the train lineup and that ended up cashing you know at the last second yeah it got there but i will say a majority of the lineups that i'm looking at in the 25 dollars single entry double up 56 percent of the top 50 percent lineups 
ran three running backs. So mm-hmm. it, it was definitely optimal this week. Got you. Got you. Yeah. You know, always, always just tough when you feel like you have a really good grasp on the slate. And I feel like we did have a good grasp on this slate, but you know, on to the next one, fun slate next week. Hopefully we'll, we'll get into that as the week develops. Let's touch on some of the interesting stats and storylines, some fun ones, Joey. Last week we touched on this being the time of year that rookies really pop off and, and make meaningful impacts on their team. Last week, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, all guys that we discussed discussed this week they all get it done once again add brian robinson to the list the rookie running back rushed 18 times for 105 yards his first career 100 yard rushing game added two catches on three targets for 14 yards and a touchdown look man you know i've been getting buried by josh jacobs all season long in part i think because of the biases that i previously held against him from early in his career and i just want to make sure that we don't do that to brian robinson again 5.8 yards per carry against it Atlanta. It's shot before the season starts, comes back very fast. I think it's pretty reasonable to think maybe that impacted his return. Now he's starting to turn it up, you know, comes out of the tunnel to many men in his return game in week five, comes out yesterday after jamming it down the Falcon's throat with literally the biggest hat that I've ever seen on his head. Like legitimately dude is wearing a giant massive, you know, it looked like some kind of snapback on his head in the locker room post game. <laughs> Swag levels were literally off the chart, breaking all the models. And I kind of like what, what this guy's bringing into the table you know I don't want to write him off too quickly and I feel like we were starting to so let's let's rein it back on on the Brian Robinson hate this kid is uh he's an interesting dude <laughs> yeah I mean just because he's an interesting dude I mean that doesn't mean shit to me personally I still don't think he's that good at football not much else to say to be honest I mean he had a good game shout out to him but he's long term like he's not he's not as good as Josh Jacobs I'll say that are you going to hit him up for the plug on the hats he said he has the plug and that you know, his friends make the giant hats. Are you interested in acquiring one? Like, do you want one as your Christmas gift this year? Nah, see, I'm, I'm not a big hat guy. But you, you, you wouldn't rock like, you know, a, a three foot wide, you know, Patriot snap? Nah, nah, nah. I mean... I just I just don't wear hats. You know, there there's been some research research done that like consistently wearing a hat is bad for your hair. It could, it could recede your hairline, you know, faster. So, I'm good on that. I don't I don't want a receding hairline in my 20s. Mm-hmm. That that'd be a tough scene. Indeed. All right. I said that Traylon Burks got it done yesterday, and he did. You know, 17 points at 4,200 was enough to get it done. He was in the Millie-making lineup yesterday, but he didn't really get there in a traditional sense, Joey. And I know that you happen to be somebody who bet on a Derrick Henry anytime touchdown. Walk me walk me through the process of that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I had him in a parlay, and, you know, I wouldn't have won either way. So in the end, it didn't, it didn't fucking matter. Shout out to Mark Andrews as well for dropping an easy touchdown. Standard. But Derrick Henry just galloping down the field, looking like an easy touchdown. Dude comes up from behind, fumbles him. Traylon Burks recovers a fumble in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, all of the people who played Burks over Garrett Wilson, I mean, they also ran good with that, getting a free oh, six P, points. But yeah, I mean, not as tilted because the bet would have lost either way. So That's good. I mean, the real-time tilt was off the charts because you also had uh, his rushing yards, and that was like an 80-yard catch, yep. not a run. Yeah, I mean, nothing ever goes Absolutely right. So, brutal. I mean, Thanksgiving, Sunday... What does it fucking matter? Nothing goes right, so. <laughs> Goddamn. Absolutely brutal. I mean, things went right for Trevor Lawrence yesterday, right? He finally flashed some ceiling, 321 and three touchdowns passing, 28.94 points on DraftKings, highest scoring quarterback on the main slate. I'm pretty sure 
and correct me if you know that I'm wrong here, that that's the highest scoring fantasy game of his young career. Nah, it, um, it is for sure. It is, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we sort of talked about it with T-Law that we both believe that the ceiling has existed for him, but it's been hard to play into Jag stuff without first seeing it. I mean, it's not like he dropped 35-40. I mean, we've seen a little bit of ceiling from him now. He played really well, was absolutely dotting up the Ravens secondary down the stretch in the fourth quarter. You know, gets Detroit on the schedule next week. I think he'll certainly be in play sub-6K. I'm sure we'll talk about him on Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just generally shout out to Trevor it was nice to see a bit of ceiling from him yeah good game from Trevor for sure and coming out he's had a ton of talent he's shown flashes of being you know a great quarterback in the NFL just been kind of hampered by team environment and players around him Uh, but he gets a good game out of you know Zay Jones Christian Kirk is okay Marvin Jones catches the game winning touchdown so he got some play out of his outside receivers but uh, I, I I still think his ceiling is still low just with the skill position players that he has Obviously, this week coming up, he's going to be chalk at 5,900, you know, in Detroit against this Lions defense that gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But I still want to see the Jaguars go out and be aggressive and get him more playmakers. I know they have Calvin Ridley waiting in the wings, but I still think they need another player or two on the outside to, you know, compliment Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk long-term for Trevor Lawrence to to really ascend into the top-tier quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely feel like they are a year away, but I could see Trevor Lawrence being, you know, like a best ball winning pick next year if his ADP is held in check. You know, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, and then potentially another addition to the pass-catching corps could be, you know, massive for Trevor Lawrence in year three. I suppose that is a discussion for April through August, though. You know, one person who didn't enjoy Trevor Lawrence's success yesterday was Lamar Jackson. You know, unable to get away with the win. Lamar has been on a bit of a fantasy cold streak lately, trying to get the comeback off, got the Ravens in position for Justin Tucker to attempt what would have been the longest field goal in NFL history. I mean, that shit looked like it was going in for a second, but just didn't have the distance. And Lamar made a pretty big post-game mistake, in my opinion. You know, when you're in a vulnerable state of mind, you know, tempers boiling, you can feel it in your body, you know, you're looking for a reason to lash out. In that mental state, I think the stone worst thing you can do is open the bird app, right? Lamar Jackson decided to peep his Twitter after the game, and what he saw was a tweet from a gentleman by the name of Castle Will Kill, tweeted at 5.11 p.m. from Twitter on Android, shout out to Castle using a real phone, king shit. Castle said, when someone is asking for over 250 million guaranteed, like at Lamar, Games like this should not come down to Justin Tucker. Let Lamar walk, spend that money on a well-rounded team. To this, Lamar replied, Boy, shut the fuck up. Y'all be capping too much on this app. Motherfucker never smelled a football field, never did shit, but eat dick. Your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I mean, Lamar's a, a, a savage for, for <laughs> quote tweeting that. And, you know, I, I agree with him. I think there are too many, you know, trolls and whatnot on social media, but obviously that comes with the territory of it being social media and Twitter. Like, there's there's going to be trolls, there's going to be people who just talk shit for no reason. It's going to happen every single day. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. uh, I like Lamar's response. And, I mean, he's right, to be honest. Like, a lot of the people that talk football have never played. 
And I think you do need to play and, and be on the field to just have a different perspective for sure and, and be in the locker room. And obviously, I only played one season in high school, so can't really say that. I played, but I, I did play, and I, I'm not a big football guy, but I feel like I understand the game. But I feel I, I know I know where he's coming from, and it, it's funny. And I mean, the dude was just chatting shit, so yeah. I mean, I just feel like eat dick needs to come back into like the the popular vocabulary. It just sounds more savage than suck. Like eat it, eat the whole thing. You're wild, out of pocket when you drop that on somebody. <laughs> All right, injuries of note. Like I referenced at the top of the show, 0% Josh Jacobs. He is going to be a winner in best ball. So if you weren't heavy Josh Jacobs, you might be chalked. Darnell Mooney out for the year. I I mean, God, like such an L on Darnell Mooney. This one hurts. It's not like he was going to make a major difference for my personal portfolio, but so much Darnell Mooney all down the drain. And this caps what was, you know, a relatively disappointing season for Darnell Mooney on a team that may have the chance to bounce back next year if Justin Fields gets right. But overall, everything failed with Darnell Mooney as a fourth round smash this year. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fantasy football. You, you take good players on bad teams and that's what can easily happen. Probably should have known that there was a ton of risk with Darnell Mooney before the season started. Obviously, coming off of a good year last year, very good target share. Doesn't materialize this year, especially with Justin Fields becoming, you know, the next Michael Vick. So, what are you going to do? You just got you just got to take the L, move on and uh don't make the same mistake next year. Yeah, we'll try not to probably end up will taking good players on bad teams is tough, but what about taking bad players on bad teams? IE Allen Robinson, who also will join Darnell Mooney on the couch for the rest of the 2022 season. Out for the season, Allen Robinson suffered an injury on Friday's practice and will not return this year. Yeah, I mean, GGs. What what else can you say? I mean, just a bad pick, bad process around Allen Robinson. Obviously, didn't expect this Rams team to be as bad as they are. I don't think anybody could have solved this coming, uh, but that's the NFL. It's year over year. So much variance. A lot can change, and I mean, just didn't see this coming, but still nonetheless a bad pick. He was one of my best ball buys, so got to take the L on Allen Robinson for sure. Yep. Running back injuries, Eli Mitchell suffered a knee injury. I don't think that we have an update on the severity. He was eating decently into Christian McCaffrey's workload. I think the 49ers will be fine with using CMC in a full workload the way that they probably should anyways. Michael Carter, ankle injury, left the game early as we discussed. Again, not too sure on the severity of that, but he is barely fantasy viable as is. And Travis Etienne, I mean, this one is more impactful, and I don't know if he's going to miss any time, but like we referenced, Jacksonville plays Detroit next week if he does play he'll definitely be in consideration if he misses Jamichael Hasty came out in relief of him in this past game finished as the running back six on the main slate 12 for 28 rushing five for 67 and one receiving this is definitely an injury of note something that we'll have to track closely as DraftKings left him at 5k flat for next week's main slate in the nut spot yeah I mean I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to cut you off you know you you were you were flown very nicely but Travis Etienne is completely fine oh good, good. they cl- they cleared him to return in that game they just held him out to be cautious but yeah he's 100 playing in week 13 oh perfect i mean good news good news there all right that is going to be it 
for episode 269 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on within the network, you can join our inner circle via the free Discord chat link to do so is in the show notes to this podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.